Welcome to Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. And now, here's your host, Work Mom. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. This is going to be a really, really good episode for career newbies, but I also think there's room for people who may be in their career and are wondering what they can do to jumpstart their career, to get ahead of people around you. It's not that hard. So what I would just as an introduction want to share is jumpstarting your career is about who you are at the office. Are you the problem solver or the troublemaker? Are you the complainer or the person who gets things done? Do you get your work done or do you get it done really well? And those kinds of questions are the questions that people who excel in their careers ask themselves on a daily basis. Um, You've got to be paying attention to how you behave at work and also pay attention to kind of figuring out what would make you stand out? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I have with me Carolyn Sauer. Carolyn is with Sheltbau North America and a longtime friend of this podcast and me personally. And I really think Carolyn's got some really great advice. She speaks to college students and she's also in a hiring position and, you know, has a few years of her career behind her. So Carolyn, say hello and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Lori Joe. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yes, just a few years I have on me. I've uh, been in the sales and marketing in the automotive industry for um, 24 years and uh, in a variety of capacities. Um, so some of them, you know, related more to marketing, some more related to sales. Uh, I fluctuated between both over the years uh, and really have enjoyed both. So now tell me how where did these guiding principles that we are going to talk about today come from? Yeah, so this is an interesting story. So one of my tasks when I was at North American Lighting as a manager of um, sales administration and marketing was to create a year-round internship program so that we would have bench support when we are looking at hiring full-time employees. Um, you know, there was never a shortage of candidates, but there was always a shortage of the right candidates. And so we wanted to groom our own talent, bring them in, teach them our methods, and then hopefully if all goes well, be able to hire them full time, uh, you know, once they've graduated. Got it. As part of that, yes. So as part of that, um, you know, in that hiring process, as we were onboarding, you know, new interns every semester, I found that a lot of them did not have experience having ever worked in an office environment. Mm -hmm. They had typically done retail or worked in a restaurant while they were, you know, saving money. And it's a very different environment and a very different atmosphere because when you're in retail or a restaurant, your duties are right now. You just, you do them, Mm -hmm. you knock them out, you go home, you forget about them. And that's not exactly how it is in sales and marketing in the automotive industry. So once we started onboarding, very, very different, right? So once we started onboarding them, I realized they really need some type of guidance. Of course, we wrote a very specific 
job description so that they have their own responsibilities. Um, but beyond the job description, I think it was helpful for them to know what was expected of them. And, you know, if you want to be successful in a leadership position or as a manager, setting those expectations is the first step. And so I came up with 10 guiding principles and really shared them with my entire team as a way to say, hey, you know, including the interns, we had a meeting, we launched this and said, these are the 10 guiding principles of how we need to behave in the workplace in order to get things done, in order to have fun and be successful. They're, these are basic things. And that's really how they originated. Mm -hmm. But what I noticed is, I mean, you've heard the old adage, common sense isn't so common, is that a lot of people, <laughs> even if they've been in their careers for maybe 10 or 20 years, may not really truly understand why these specific things are so critical because no one told them. And so maybe they're wondering why they didn't get I think promoted, that's true. right? Yes, exactly. I think, you know, that's something all of us as managers come across is what, you know, the question when someone expects to be going to that next level of their career, why, why not me? And it's something that you can plan for ahead of time, just following some of these basic, you know, guidelines, but you're right. Not a, I love, I love the common sense comment because I don't think I actually acquired common sense until I was in my early twenties. That was definitely something that eluded me and uh, needed to be gained through experience. I think I was well into my 30s, but anyway, <laughs> we don't need to go there. So no, let's, no. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I've talked about my train wreck 20s plenty on this podcast. So let's talk about, let's get, let's just dive right in. Um, what are the first okay. three things that you talk about as very basic things that people need to understand? Sure. So the very basic, the very basic, basic premise, you have been hired to do a job in order to help the company achieve its goals. And I always looked at it as how can I free up my boss's time, right? My boss is super busy. He or she is doing a lot of activities, some of which they should be focused on, some of which they shouldn't, but are doing it because no one else is. So at the very basis, it's important to understand your job is really to free up your boss's time. And how do you do that? So the the three principles for that are, you know, one, it's just like you said, common sense, right? How can I help? Here I have my job description, but that's part of what I do. The rest is how do I help? What do you need me to do? Where can I pitch in? You know, when you see a team is very busy planning for a presentation or an event, maybe you don't have experience with it but you still want to ask, how can I help? And that how can I help is what's always going to get you to understanding the bigger picture, the bigger goals of the company and how you are contributing to them. Absolutely. And I would add that if you become the person that people know is willing to jump in and help, it helps you create those strong relationships that you really need at the office to get promoted. So helpful is it good. It really does. It does. And so the, the second two are accurate and timely. And the reason I like to talk about these together are because early in my career as a manager, I cannot tell you the number of times I had projects or 
presentations turned into me at the very last minute. They were due, they were on time, but then there were mistakes and there were errors that needed to be fixed and there were formatting things that needed to be fixed. And so if it's not accurate, it's not on time. And that's something that I think is really hard for people to understand to say, okay, this project I'm working on is due tomorrow. I'm going to turn it in early, or I'm going to have my colleague look at it and do a sanity check to make sure that when I turn it in, it's ready to be delivered to the audience it is intended Mm -hmm. for. And so those, again, are really just, you know, at the basic heart of my work needs to be on time and it needs to be accurate. And if I can focus on doing those two things while being helpful, that is a really sound basis that will set you up for success once you get to the other guiding principles. Absolutely. And just to go back to what I said earlier, because I do love repetition, is (laughs) accurate and timely are two very important things. Because what happens and what I hear have heard often, and I've had a lot of, um, I've led a lot of teams is rushing to get it done, turning it in, moving on to something else, not realizing that rushing to get it done causes mistakes that can then kind of domino effect into other people's workplaces. You know, you put the wrong file up, but somebody had to edit. So they edited the wrong file and now they have to do it again. So accuracy. Yes, that's a really good point. Just as important as timely. Yeah, I think because having to do it again or having to have your boss fix it. I mean, I've, I say this all the time. I am not your teacher. I am your manager, hopefully your coach, hopefully your mentor. I'm not your teacher. I don't want to receive something back from you. Redline it and give it back and try it again. That's not how the business world operates. If I had time to do that, I would have time to do it myself. And I don't, that's why I hired you. So it's really, really important to have that timely and accurate. And there seems to be a mindset of, you know, I need to get this all done and I'm checking the boxes. But again, if you haven't taken the time to check your work or set it aside and come back to it a few hours later and really Mm -hmm. looked at it and you turn it in and there's errors, it's not as helpful as you think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's keep going. Now you've got another three that can make you stand out, right? These are really good for standing out. So, yeah, so these these next three are um, really interesting to me because over the years I have interviewed hundreds of people for hundreds of different positions, whether they were applying for an entry-level coordinator position, uh, a mid-level, you know, marketing or sales position, a manager position. I often get the question, what are, what are you looking for in this job, in this role, in this position? And it surprises people when I tell them I look for the same three things, no matter what position I'm hiring for. I look for someone that can be accountable, proactive, and resourceful. And those three things, if you have that, I can train you on anything else. But I think mm-hmm. that they're very important because you know, we talk about timely and accurate, part of that falls into the next one, which is being accountable. You know, you need to take ownership of your job. If I have 12 direct reports and I'm managing all of them, 
I don't have time to manage their day to day. I don't want to micromanage them. You don't want me to micromanage you. Mm -mm. You need to understand what your priorities are, what needs to be done and take responsibility and ownership for it. And beyond that, you know, there may not always be time to get detailed training. You know, I might just give you minimal pieces of information and throw that over the wall. And that requires that you then to be proactive and say, oh, you know what, this is what I need to do next on this project. Mm -hmm. And this is what I have to figure out. And then to be resourceful because I don't always have the answers. Um, And if I have to look it up, you could look it up just as easily. So, you know, understanding where to go, you know, can I look this up online? There are so many tools now online with Google and chat GPT and, you know, cautionary tale, you do have to check accuracy of those tools as well. But at the same time, there are so many resources at your fingertips, you know, dig into it, figure out what you can. And then not only are you being um, a better supporter for the team, but how, how much more proud of yourself are you when you can say, you did this on your own with minimal input mm. and minimal direction. And so it's really a win for the team member and the manager. And it's a great way to be working together. Absolutely. I always say Google is your friend. So if you need to learn how to yes. take really good meeting minutes, go to Google. You need a format for a budget report, go to Google. You need to know what a marketing plan looks like, go to Google. And you'll find so many examples of those kinds of documents and things that you may be subjected to. You may be told to go create um, by looking at all the things that are already out there and then creating one that's your own. Um, but Google is always your friend. Right. Be the person who can can find the answer. And that takes practice. That just takes doing it. So, all right. What else you got for us, Carolyn? Um, so these next three, I like to categorize as um, I sent an email syndrome because in addition to being proactive and resourceful and all of these other things, when you're working on a project, it's very far and few between that you are working on it by yourself and will be able to complete it by yourself. There are a lot of opportunities to work in teams, to work in groups, um, some people that are in your department, some that are outside of your department, some that are customers. And there's nothing more frustrating as a manager um, as going to someone and saying, hey, how's this project going? You know, it's coming up to the deadline and getting a response that's, oh, I sent an email. And (laughs) sending the email was not the, ex- that, that wasn't the assignment, yeah. right? So yeah, I get it. Now you're, you're running into roadblocks. That's a different discussion. So these three are to communicate, empathize, and be team focused. So within communication, it's a two-way street. There's a lot of opportunity when you're sending an email or texting a friend for there to be one-way communication. Mm-hmm. But when the communication I'm talking about here between you know, you and your boss is listening, understanding the point of the assignment, what needs to be done, asking questions, and also, you know, listening, really, you know, listening to what each person is saying, maybe even repeating it back. I think you told me to do X. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. So now you have the same basis, but it's incumbent upon you as the employee 
to make sure that you are communicating clearly and that you understand the assignment. So that is, um, that's the essence of, of communication, two-way communication, mm -hmm. make sure you got it, write it down if you have to, obviously ask questions if you don't understand it or you need to clarify, um, but make that effort to do mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think communication, um, outgoing communication, what I've seen is, you know, the I sent an email syndrome is what happens is a lot of the people just coming out of college might not understand how incredibly important it is to learn how to be a soft nudge to get the reply. That if yes. you send a reply, you yeah. send an email out to somebody and they don't answer, that doesn't mean that you're bugging them if you call them or send out another email. It may mean they're so busy that if you right. can't get to the top of their inbox, you are never going to get your concern managed. So communication two-way and being a nudge, a nice, soft, pleasant nudge is an incredibly valuable part of the communication process, especially early in your career when it's your responsibility to get something done, but you may not have the authority to demand people respond to you. You just have to be persistent. So, yeah. Exactly. And, and that's exactly where being empathetic and team focused comes in. Um, you know, you really need to understand that just because you need information from this engineer doesn't mean he has nothing better to do than sit around waiting for your email and responding to you. He has a whole nother set of priorities yes. that are over here that look nothing like what you need to get done. And so you really need to look at it from their perspective to say, okay, how can I help you to get this done? Is there somewhere I can go to get this answer without bugging right. you? You know, um, and we used to call it, we used to joke at NAL, we used to call it the three prong attack. I mean, approach, um, <laughs> three prongs being the email didn't work, then pick up the phone, number two, and number three, go camp out at their desk. And in the time that you're chatting with them, they can probably yep. get it done. Yep. You know, so there's different ways to approach it. And like you said, it, it has to be a softer nudge. It can't be demanding. And especially if you're in a lower level position, like that's a real hard way to try and earn respect when you're in a lower yeah. level position demanding that someone else do something when you don't understand. That's not their core job. They're going to yeah. be doing this to help you. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, that. And that, that your priorities don't always line up with everyone else's you know what you're, exactly. you're what, what you're assigned to may be really important to somebody but not to most people on your team that you have to get information from so you've got to exactly. you've got to be persuasive i mean you have to have all kinds of great communication skills i really really recommend that young people take communications classes business communications read articles about it um if you have a problem you're like i've i've I've, you know, sent an email to this person six times and they still haven't replied. Go to Google. Yeah. How can I get somebody to reply to my email? I have clients where I put urgent in uppercase letters in the subject line with a colon and then my message or please reply because right. there are times that will stand out, you know, so there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat, right? Even in my current role as a business development director at Sheltbow, there have been times when I'm not getting a response from customers that I need to be able to give an update to. And I will go to my boss and say, hey, is it okay if I copy you on this? Because maybe them just seeing your name yep. will trigger something. Or can we try calling them from your office? Because maybe they'll answer 
from your number. You know, you don't know. You don't know. Sometimes people are hierarchical and they're they're like not going to be bothered. Oh, well, now the president wants to talk to me. Yeah, I'll call. I'll see what he wants yeah. to do. So it doesn't hurt. Just like you said, to, to go back and say, OK, how can I get in touch with this person? I've tried this, this, this and this. Yep. Can I pull you in on it? And it's OK to do that. Absolutely. Um, and that's. Yeah. And that's where, um, so then we kind of transition into, you know, the team focus because we've already established that everyone on the team has their own set of priorities and you really do have to consider how your work is impacting others. A lot of times work is a process. So person A will start it. They might come up with a format, pass it off to person B and C to fill in information. But if you didn't do it right from the beginning, from the beginning, then the next people downstream for you from you will also have to redo that activity. And that really impedes efficiency and causes a lot of frustration. So it is important to recognize what you're doing is going to impact somebody else and think about it from their perspective as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do you want to wrap this up? What's the, the what's the tenth principle? So this is like the culmination of everything. Like you have mastered these nine principles, you are nailing it. And now you are considered number 10. You are value added. You are saving the company money. You're saving the company time. You're being helpful. You're knocking things out of the park and really contributing to the overall success of the company, whether it's directly or indirectly. And that's what we are really seeking, you know, when hiring someone is someone that's going to add value to the organization, bring your ideas, bring your creativity, you know, think about how you're contributing to the profitability of the organization and every step that you're taking and how it does that. And once you have that, then you're ready to, you know, ask for that next level promotion, ask for that next career shift in a, in a different direction, because you're able to understand what you're really bringing to the table. Absolutely. Yeah, that value, being that value added person. I mean, when you go into, when you run a company, say you manage a small company or a department, you know who your power players are. You may have seven people, you may have right. three power players. Those are the ones that have all these things nailed. They're creative problem solvers. They're tenacious. They're empathetic. They, they're stellar communicators. Those are the ones that get promoted. Those are the people that you look to yes. that can take things on when you're not in, when you're not around and handle them well in a way that adds value to the situation. So anything else about those uh, principles that you want to drop here, Carolyn? Um, good question. I think, I think we pretty well covered them. I think it really, it just starts again at, at the essence of being helpful and how to transition that into being a value added employee once you've gotten your feet on the ground and have been in the position for a while and continue to develop it. Yeah. And I, I would add that if you think you've heard all this before, consider how, are you really applying what you know? Because a lot of us know that we need to communicate, we need to follow up, we need to do these things. 
you may have heard it before, but how are you applying it? Are you at 100%, even 90%? I always say attendance is 90% of the grade. So if you're even doing it at a 90% level, you're good to go and you will stand out, right? right? <laughs> so just show up, just show up and be present. That is all half important. the battle. All right. So yes. we want to close out with Carolyn's best piece of advice she's ever received that has helped her in her career. Go ahead. Yes. So this, this goes back quite a few years. I was working um, at a small family owned company called Ray Lighting and I was going to school full time. So I was paying my way through Oakland University. And um, at the time I was working in a part-time role, saw an opportunity to move into something totally different that was full time with this company and asked my dad for some advice. And he said, Carolyn, you just got to tell them how good you are, because if you don't tell them, they don't know and they don't even know you're interested. So that was, I mean, simple advice, but really eye opening. You know, you may think that because you're achieving things and doing well in your current role that you'll automatically be considered for something different. Mm -hmm. But if your boss doesn't know that you're interested, they may not think about you. So you have mm -hmm. to go in and ask for it. And I did. I went in and I said, you know, these are the things I've accomplished in this role. This is what I want to do in the, in, you know, this full-time role and why I, you know, think it would be a good fit. And they took a chance on me and they gave it to me. And the rest but is history. But it really could have gone either way. The rest, the rest is history. history. <laughs> I moved on from there and did all kinds of things with other lighting. And Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it really, um, it really but, does yeah, depend. You, know, you got to advocate for yourself. You do. I have a, a friend who was in advertising and she was a copywriter in an ad agency. And she was, became known as one of the longest employees at Campbell Ewald. And people, they do, they do layoffs wow. twice a year. So if you can stay there for like 20 or 30 years, yeah. which she did, one of the things that she did was every Friday, she would send an email to her boss. These are the things I've accomplished this week. Here's an update on what I did this week. And I've always thought that That's that was awesome. connected to her longevity because she didn't have to, you know, you can't expect your boss to necessarily know what you're accomplishing as much as you do day to day. So it's a lot easier to just kind of keep that path of information flowing, let them know. <laughs> so I like that. It really, it really is. I, it's actually a good point. I, I typically have in the past and still try to continue to encourage my team to keep an evidence file mm. of evidence of things they've done well or things that they've achieved, or if they did a really awesome presentation or project, put it in a folder or save it online in a folder. Because at the end of the year, when their boss is giving reviews, they don't necessarily remember what 12 different people did. They know what stands out but right. not necessarily all of it. And you want to be able to have that to say, this is what I've done so that they remember. And then they think of you for those next challenging opportunities. Absolutely. So sing your own praises. Don't worry about the ego. Sing yes. your own praises. Don't be humble. To the yeah. Humble. They don't know. They don't know how good you are until you tell them. Exactly. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is our uh, wrap up for this episode. I'm Lori Jovest, a.k.a. WorkMom. Please visit my website at WorkMomSays.com. I have a book on Amazon, WorkMom Says Don't Be an Idiot, 
38 Lessons You Don't Want to Learn the Hard Way. Um, pick up a copy of that for yourself or your favorite recent graduate or soon-to-be recent graduate. And get in touch with me there. I have a contact form. And I'd love to hear what you want me to talk about. Who do you want me to talk to? Um, if you think you'd make a great guest on the show, please submit your name. I'm an open networker on LinkedIn, so please connect with me there. Carolyn, you too? Are you an open networker on LinkedIn? I Absolutely. am. Absolutely connect with me. Yeah. And Carolyn does a lot of uh, mentoring young, you know, young recent college graduates. Not that I'm telling you all to flock to her. But, you know, if you have a question or something, she'd probably you can be know. willing to answer. You can yeah, know. exactly. I, I always have time to answer questions for curious minds that want to be successful. I'm happy to help in any way I can. Absolutely. So thank you. And we'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks for listening to Work Mom Says. Don't be an idiot. For more information, you can email Work Mom at L-O-R-I WorkMomSays.com. That's Lori at WorkMomSays.com. And remember, <sighs> don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot.